Our reading this morning is from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17. And, uh, and this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to be my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his, father, his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Morning, Joshy. Seven fun. Good morning, everybody. My name is Langdon. Uh, for those that don't know me, special welcome to church. What a passage. Uh, this is our last in the series on Jesus, the true vine. And so, as you do, I'm pondering vines. So, where do I find myself yesterday? Bunnings, of course. So, I cruise down to Bunnings. I'm pondering vines because we're going to be looking at Jesus's, when he says, I am the true vine. And uh, Jesus is talking about the grapevine. They don't have grapevines at Bunnings. I don't know. They have oranges and stuff. They're real expensive. And, you know, and I don't really have a place to plant it later. I think, anyway, if someone wants a plant, I think Dave's going to take it home, which is good. Um, but anyway, I bought myself a snake vine. So there's no grapes on this, but we'll just, it'll be our symbol. Um, and uh, does anybody watch, have we got any gardeners here this morning? Yes, I bet Dave's here. Uh, anybody, is anyone good at gardening? 
Yeah? Uh, Dave's got his hand up. Dave does a lot of our gardening, one of the awesome team that does our gardening here. And uh, I was watching Gardening Australia videos yesterday, because I don't know anything about pruning, would it surprise you to know? Ever again, I'm wearing a flanny, but yes, again. Um, but what they talk about is, if there's a, when it comes, especially in wintertime, you start pruning your vines. Why? So it'll bear much fruit. Now, I've seen Dave, sometimes, I don't know if you're due for this, or it's springtime, he hacks away the trees in our car park till within an inch of their life, and I'm like, you're going to kill it. But what happens? They grow. The next spring, it's bibbing. Um, but, you know, what happens? What do you do? You prune, you take it. Here's a you know, bit of a dud branch here, you know. You just prune it, don't you? You cut it off. Um, now, it, uh, what the other thing about it is, too, that I notice, when they, especially for wine and stuff, they prune and prune and prune, and they just really... Oh, no. Oh. I didn't. I held back at 8 o'clock, so I thought at 10 o'clock for you guys, I'm going to prune hard. Um, but what do you... In fact, that's actually... No, I shouldn't cut that bit. Um, but what you also notice about... I'll move this. Oh, I can't. Um, if you can see there, I'll turn it around. What is this fight? It's connected into the pot, isn't it? Um, it needs to be connected in to get the nutrients, to get the things to grow. Yeah? Um, it, it does that. Um, but if you hack it away, you can, uh, and they've got a little thing here, you can, um, uh, you know, to guide it. But look at this beautiful branch here. This is a beautiful branch. But this one, no, just, 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 oh, 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 you guys are so compassionate. Some plant lovers. I don't mean to be mean to the plant. Hmm? We're talking about uh, these words from Jesus, I am the true vine. So uh, it's a real privilege for us to hear God's word, for God to speak to us through his word. So my prayer is this morning that God is going to speak to us. Would you pray that with me? That God is actually going to take his word and really speak powerfully, not just to our heads, but to our hearts. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, as we look at this passage this morning, I pray for your Holy Spirit. I pray that your Holy Spirit would enable me and enable everyone in this room and even watching online that you would speak directly to our hearts. May this time in your word bear fruit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we had the, the passage read for us where Jesus says, I am the true vine. Uh, and I, when I read this passage, I've been reading it this week, I've actually, and I encourage you, go back to read this passage during the week. There is so much gold uh, in, in this, uh, so much fruit to get out of this. But when I've been reading it this week, I've been picturing what was it like when Jesus said these words. This was the night before he was to go to the cross, the Thursday night. He is sitting in the upper room with his disciples, Last Supper, uh, and he's sitting around, the, he's, he knows he's about to go to the cross, and he's talking with his disciples, he's encouraging them. Judas has just left the room to go and betray him. Uh, and as Robin uh, shared in, in chapter 14, he's been talking about the Holy Spirit will come. Uh, the Holy Spirit will come as it did in Pentecost that, that is celebrated this weekend. And he said that if you obey me, my teaching, uh, if you love me, you'll obey my teaching. Jesus is preparing his disciples. 
He's preparing them. He's saying, I'm about to leave you. I've told you about this many times. I don't know if you fully get it, but I'm about to leave you. And he, he shares this passage because he wants them to know that I'm about to leave you. The mission doesn't stop. In fact, why you've been following me, this is just the beginning. This is where it starts. And he says this crazy mic drop. I haven't got a mic to drop, but don't worry, Greg, I won't. But this is a mic drop moment because he says, I am the true vine. Now, I don't know if it's a mic drop for you, but it's a mic, it should be a mic drop for the disciples because being the true vine uh, uh, is a symbol, uh, an image that is very familiar in the Old Testament. It comes up a whole lot uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, and you get it from Isaiah 5. Uh, the vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel and the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. Uh, Jesus is, uh, in the Old Testament, the, uh, the vine was Israel, God's people. God's planted them in a specific land, in a, in a place. He has planted them. He has grown them. God the Father, the gardener, has planted his people Israel. Uh, in Psalm 80, uh, you plant, transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took root and filled the land. Uh, Israel was the true, was the vine, is the vine. But every time uh, Israel is mentioned in the Old Testament, it's often in uh, context of them being judged for not bearing fruit like they should. And at the end of Psalm 80, we get a picture uh, of this judgment. Your vine is cut down, it's burned with fire. At your rebuke, your people perish. But also we get a sense of uh, this, this son of man. Let your hand rest on the man, your right hand, the son of man you have raised up for yourself. There's a sense that Israel has not quite been the true vine they're meant to be. They're not bearing the fruit that God intended. Jesus has now come and he's saying, I am the true vine. I'm going to fulfill what Israel was meant to be. I am the one that Israel was pointing to. The Pharisees get it wrong because they don't see me as that true vine. But under the new covenant, what Israel's failed to do, I'm here to do. I am the true vine. Jesus is the true vine. And Jesus, along with all the people who were incorporated into him, the Jews who've been planted, the Gentiles who've been grafted in, this, Jesus is the true vine of Israel. Now, I've been reading John 15, and there's two concepts. I just want to look at two concepts today for you to go back, because these are my bigger questions. So I figure we'll just figure out these concepts so you can go back and have a look through the passage. But the two things that I've been trying to work out, what does Jesus mean by bearing fruit? And what does Jesus mean by remaining? Uh, because remaining gets mentioned a number of times. Bearing fruit gets mentioned a number of times. Uh, Jesus says, uh, I'm the true vine, my father is the gardener. Uh, I'm picturing not like a little old lady, uh, you know, hacking the roses. The father is a hardcore agriculturalist. He is a serious uh, gardener. He's a serious farmer of the vine. Uh, and he is about tending his vine to become fruitful. So the father is the gardener. And the Father wants every branch to bear fruit. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, 
while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Who are the branches? God's people. We are the branches. And Jesus uh, is saying here the Father wants every branch to bear fruit. He wants all of us to bear fruit for him. This, if he doesn't, if a branch doesn't bear fruit, he will cut it out. If this branch doesn't bear fruit, just get, cut it out. And it's a really hardcore image. In verse 6 he says, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burnt. If it doesn't bear fruit, God will cut it off from the vine. But if it does bear fruit, he wants it to be even more fruitful. And there's an important distinction here. Jesus isn't uh, saying there's two branches, branches that bear fruit, branches that don't bear fruit. What he's not saying is uh, it's not how much fruit or what fruit it bears, but the two branches are branches that bear fruit and don't bear fruit. He's saying if you don't have fruit, you are not in the vine and you'll be cut off. And maybe he has in mind Judas, who's just left. It's a warning to Jesus, and it's a warning to us. Uh, it's an indicator of the branch that is uh, in the vine, or it's not. If it's not bearing fruit, it's not in the vine. But if you are in the vine, if you do have fruit, expect to be pruned. Because again, God wants uh, every branch to bear fruit. If we are branches of God, he's going to prune us. Pruning is hard. Does anyone ever feel like they're being pruned? Yeah? Why does God do that? Because he wants us to bear fruit. But pruning is really hard. God can prune us through the trials we go through. And I know through COVID, uh, collectively, we've all been through that trial. We continue to go. But I can just look around the room, knowing some of the stories. You can look around that what people have been through. God prunes us through these things. And they can be really painful. God prunes us through relationships. Healthy ones, sometimes as people uh, encourage us, but also unhealthy ones. He prunes us through reading his word, doesn't he? Even this morning as we read his word, he might want to prune us. He prunes us through hardship. Look at what Hebrews, let me read, it's on the screen, but I'll read from Hebrews 12. Endure hardship as discipline. For what children is not disciplined by their father? Uh, uh, God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. God is pruning us. And sometimes we can see it and understand what he's doing. Sometimes we have no idea why. Sometimes he prunes us because he sees those bits in us they're not, sometimes those bits aren't bad, but he's like, you know what? I want to prune you, so I just want you to maximize your fruitfulness. So I'm going to prune you. But sometimes he goes, you know what? There's sin here. We've got to cut this out. And that's hard because we like sin. Let's be honest. It, we get used to it. We like it. He wants to prune us. He wants to prune us. Um, I've just been through a thing uh, a few weeks ago. I got told uh, from my... Um, uh, my rental place that they're moving me out so they can renovate. And to be honest, when I found that out, it just smashed me. 
I was just like, I have not got the energy. I don't. And I was just like, oh, it just wiped me out, drained me. When I found out, but what I realized is going through it, man, that smashed me a lot. How much do I trust in having a home? Do I trust in having a home? I find security in that more than Christ. Is it good to have a home? Absolutely. Is that a bad thing? No. But I, it reminded me, man, if God is pruning me to completely trust in him, to be connected into the vine, even that trial for me, that was one thing that taught me, man, I need to keep trusting in Jesus if I have a home or I don't. I don't know what it is for you. And as I know, I know some people are going through horrendous things. But to see that God is also using these things to prune us, it's tough. Here's the other thing. When it comes to uh, uh, bearing fruit, um, we can't bear fruit if we don't remain in the vine. Look at uh, verse 4 and look at verse 5. Verse 5 kicks me. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. No branch can bear fruit by itself unless it's connected into the vine. It can't. It's like saying, hey, you go bear. Is this going to bear some fruit? No, it's not connected into the vine, is it? That's for us too. If we're not connected in, we can't bear fruit. I find this really helpful for my own relationship with God. I can't bear fruit in my relationship with God if I'm not connected into the vine. Sometimes when I struggle uh, with sin, when I uh, see an error in my life I want to improve, do you know what my tendency is? To go and work hard at something. I'm going to do better. I'm going I'm to read more of the Bible. I'm going to pray harder, longer, louder. Sometimes when I go, I want to bear fruit, I can put my effort into bearing the fruit, but actually I, get, I can be detached from the vine. Actually, the most important thing is to put into my relationship in being in the vine. Does that make sense? We actually need to, in our walk, remember, I can't bear fruit if I'm not in the vine. I need to do everything I can to remain in the vine. Let God do his work. But it's also helpful me in my ministry. Uh, Because in in my ministry, in your ministry, we can do things that, might look on the outside like they bear fruit. You know, we can do things that might give us, you know, that might look good on the outside. Maybe we can make money for a charity or we can go and do a good work or we can, uh, you know, do lots of good type things. But if, when we're doing ministry, if the point of our ministry is actually to bear fruit for God's kingdom, sometimes those things you won't be able to see. And Jesus is saying, you can't bear fruit. I can't bear fruit in my ministry if I'm not connected to him. I might be able to pretend and make it look on the outside like it's bearing fruit. But God knows what he wants to do. Some fruit's quite invisible. He's saying, you can't actually bear fruit if you're not connected into me. We need to be connected into God if we're going to bear fruit for his kingdom. Um, What else about bearing fruit? Bearing fruit involves prayer. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, it'll be done for you. Uh, This is not uh, Jesus, genie Jesus, answering any wish that we want. It sounds, oh, ask whatever you wish. That's a great verse uh, out of context. Um, What's he saying? When we remain and we're connected into the vine and Jesus is affecting our inner life, uh, it changes how we pray, doesn't it? 
we actually get to start to pray into his will. And he wants us to do that. To bear fruit is to be prayerful. Uh, there's a great synchronicity here in pray, prayer and bearing fruit. And we're going to pray into his will. Jesus is asking us to pray to be fruit bearers. Is that one of your prayers? God, may I be a fruit bearer? Can I be connected into you to be a fruit bearer? And most importantly, when we bear fruit, we glorify God. When... Uh, when we see God at work uh, it, and others see it to it points to Jesus. So when you uh, read something in God's word and that prompts you to do an act of faith, uh, to trust him in an area, uh, that brings glory to God uh, through what you've done. Others see that, they give glory to God because you're being obedient. Uh, there's a growth in, in, in being, giving glory to God. When we are in Christ, we bear fruit. When we're in the vine, we bear fruit. It brings glory to God. This should be our heart. The heart of someone in the vine is to actually bring all the glory to God. And when we, by faith, uh, do the things that he's called us to do and are in him, it enables us to bring glory to God. Uh, if I'm a branch and... Uh, I'm not bearing fruit, it actually robs God of his glory. If I have these useless bits, they take away from the potential ways uh, that I can glorify God. So again, I need to prune those things. Jesus, it's easy for me to demonstrate pruning. It's hard though, isn't it? I'll put the scissors down. For now, I might cut myself. They're not shears, I'm sorry, I don't have real shears. So what is... The fruit, because I've been talking about bearing fruit. What actually is the fruit? Can I give you some thoughts? Uh, Don Carson, and I should have had this quote on the screen, I don't, so, but he says this. The fruit is nothing less than the outcome of persevering dependence on the vine, driven by faith, embracing all the believer's life and product of their witness. What is the fruit? One of the things of the fruit, and even from that verse we've got on the screen, is it's a relationship with God. When we are connected into the vine, part of the fruit is we have a relationship with God. And we see that in there, in, in the elements of a relationship, don't we? We see prayer, we see listening to him by his word, we, we are follow him, we're his disciples. Part of the fruit is, of being connected, is we get to have a relationship with the living God. Uh, also, as we're connected in, and as Jesus gives us his spirit, uh, we get the fruit of the spirit. And Paul outlines the fruit of the spirit. Uh, one place is in Galatians 5. He says, uh, I think it's on the screen there, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These inner things come from being connected into the vine, don't they? God, by his spirit, gives us, as we're connected into him, he gives us uh, these things. Fruit is also influencing others to be connected to the vine too. Discipleship. We want others, if we're connected into the vine, one of the fruits is we're going to want to see others connected into the vine as well, to be growing in the vine. And that means helping others, uh, discipling others, 
to be connected into the vine. Uh, and, and so many of us do this in so many ways, but every ministry we do, whether it's a church ministry, whether it's your own uh, ministry in everyday life, everything we do ultimately is pointing people to be connected to the vine, pointing people to, to, the, to Jesus. And uh, helping others to grow in their relationship uh, to, be, to be fruitful as well. That's what we mean by discipleship. We have lots of different ways, uh, and we can do that. We can do that here at church. But it's pointing people here to the vine. But also, it's pointing the people who don't know Jesus to the vine. So one of the fruits is also people coming to Christ. It's through evangelism. It's through mission. It's doing everything we can, whether here or somewhere on the other side of the world, to encourage people to come into the vine. We do that with our talents, our treasures, our time, all the things. We get a sense of this in verse 16, uh, where Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go, to go and that you might go and bear fruit. There's this go. We get to be fruit bearers of eternal fruit. And these fruit are are things that last. And one of the things that we can do that absolutely lasts, one of the fruits, is seeing others one to Christ. So they too can be fruit. That's one of the things we can do that actually lasts forever, helping people come to Christ. We can only do that through being connected into the vine as well. So that's my ponderings on what it means to bear fruit. What about remaining in the vine? Remaining in the vine is mentioned 11 times. Are here. Um, what do we say about those who remain uh, remaining in the vine? Well, those who remain in the vine have assurance of salvation. Look at verse three. You're already clean. He says to the disciples, "You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself; it must remain in the vine." Jesus wants his disciples to know. That as they remain in him, they can be assured of salvation. If they don't have assurance that they're in the vine, then they're not going to be able to bear fruit. Uh, If this uh, vine here was like, oh, am I really in the vine? I think I am. I'm not sure, mate. But, you know, that seems silly because obviously it's in the, in the, in the, you know, it's planted here. But for some of, some people, Uh, And for Jesus, he wanted to assure his disciples, I want you to know I've made you clean by by the word that you've put your trust in. Jesus is about to go to the cross, die on the cross to wash those disciples and all his disciples clean of their sin. That's what he's about to do. I want you to know, I want you to be assured of your salvation so that you can go and bear fruit. Uh, it reminds me of uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. I don't know if you know that verse. It says, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Why? So that as we are God's workmanship, we can go and do the good things he's prepared in advance for us to do. Jesus wants us to have, his disciples to have that assurance that they're saved, that they're in the vine, so that they can go and bear fruit. And this morning, if you're here and you, you might be here saying, you know what, Langdon, I'm hearing you talk, I, I am not sure. I'm still not sure if I am in the vine or not. Come and have a chat. I'm not sure if I'm fully trusting. Come and have a chat 
to, to that. But you can know for sure. Also, uh, remaining in the vine, uh, it goes on in verse 7 to say that remaining in the vine is remaining in his word. It's being obedient. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So remaining in the vine has to do with being in his word. Uh, But it's not just listening to his word. It's living it out. Uh, as James, in the book of James, uh, James says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You can come to church. You can read the Bible. You can do all, you know, and I encourage us to do that. But if, it, if we're not living it out, it actually, it doesn't, uh, uh, it distracts us. It, it, it doesn't enable us to be within the vine. So for some of us, that means we need to be really intentional about getting into God's Word. If somebody says, Langdon, I'm not feeling connected to God, and I say, are you reading the Bible? They say, no. No wonder. Remaining in the vine, we need to be in God's Word. Do whatever it takes for you, if that's really hard for you. Listen to it. Uh, get a podcast. Find the quiet time. It's tough. I get that. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be long, big chunks. Maybe it's just a small verse a day if it's too much. Maybe for you it's a big chunk. But we need to be in his word. But as I said, it's not just hearing it. We actually need to be engaging with it. We need to be obedient to it. To remain in him is not just to hear it, but is to put it into practice, to trust it, to live in it, uh, to keep on doing it. Within that, remaining is also, uh, later on in, in verse 9, is remaining in his love. So remaining in his word and remaining in his love. You can see it's a bit connected there. Uh, in verse, te- uh, verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. So remaining in his love is also by keeping his commands, by Where do his commands come from? From his word. So remaining in his love is keeping his commands. And uh, this is picked up throughout uh, other places like 1 John. Uh, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Jesus modeled us for this through his relationship with the Father. Jesus was obedient to the Father, wasn't he? He did only and said only what his Father commanded him to do. Jesus had that relationship with his father, and that's the same relationship he invites us to. He invites us into this relationship of remaining with him and the father through love and obedience uh, to his commands. He wants us to love. Uh, And remaining in his love uh, through obedience actually brings joy. I love this. Verse 11, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Have you experienced the joy of being obedient to God? This is a crazy verse because when we think of joy and you ask someone, the average, what do you do to get most joy? Do you know what it actually is? To be obedient to Christ. Have you ever taken a step of faith or you've ever, not, you know, you've just, yep, I'm in the space, I'm, I'm doing everything I can. There's a joy in being in relationship with God. There's a joy that comes from obedience. I am so quick to forget that. 
you know, uh, sometimes. But there's a great joy and peace that comes from uh, being in relationship with God. And as we remain in his love, it enables us to love others. And this last few verses, as we've got there, love is this big theme that comes from remaining. In fact, Jesus says in verse 12, my command is this. Here's part of the fruit of remaining. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lays down his life for one's friends. Jesus is about to go to the cross and he's about to demonstrate that love. Jesus is saying, I love you so much that I'm willing to lay down my life for you. Now you, my disciples, as you remain in my love, I want you to love each other the same way. Church, Jesus is saying, I want you to love each other just as much as I love you. What does Jesus do? Jesus holds nothing back to enable us to be connected into the vine. God gave his only son to die on the cross that we can be connected into the vine. And he's saying, I want you guys to do everything you can to love each other, to hold nothing back so that you may enable others to be connected into the vine. What does that look like for us as a church? That needs more pondering. What does that look like when we completely love each other? I see it in us. I see the ways that uh, people will uh, pick up people week by week and take them to small group. I see the ways that people give money. I see the ways that uh, people late at night visit people in the hospital or give things away. I see love. But I want to encourage us, let's keep on loving each other to that crazy extent that we will hold nothing back. We will hold, no, gee, it's a high ideal, but it's what Christ calls us to do. Love each other, hold nothing back that we can do whatever we can do, our time, talents, treasure, whatever, to enable others to be connected into the vine as well. Finally, covering a lot today, aren't we? Remaining in his love brings us friendship with God. Do you know in the Old Testament, you know who the friends of God were? Moses and Abraham. They got this title, friends with God. Jesus saying, through remaining in his love, you get to be his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything I learned from my father I've made known to you. Those in the vine are not friends because they're obedient, but their obedience characterizes, uh, is characterized by their friendship. Jesus has the absolute right to command the world, but he calls those, his disciples, he calls those in the vine to be his friends. He calls us to be friends with him. You know, if, he, if we are to be his servants and he commands us, we, he, which he's got the right to, he can just tell us what to do. But he brings us in, he brings his disciples and his friends to share why he's doing what he's doing, to enable us to be part of that work. Jesus wants us to be friends. God of the universe 
wants to be friends with us. And it's not because we've done something good. It's not because we're great. It's not because, you know, but it's because he chooses us. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. He chooses us. And he chooses us that we might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever we ask in him, uh, he will give us. This is the command, love each other. Bearing fruit, remaining in the vine, they're all intertwined like this. I've talked a lot this morning. Can I give you two encouragements? Actually, three. First one, go and read the, go read the passage today because I've been pondering it for like three days. I was up late last night and I'm still, it's still boggling my mind. Go and, go and ingest it. Go and get into it. Here's my second two. If this morning you're listening to me and you're hearing these words and you're saying, you know what, Langdon, I, am, I, don't, I don't know if I'm connected in. I don't have the assurance. I don't know. And, 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 and I hear this warning. Maybe if I'm, if I'm not connected into the van, I'm going to be like that branch that, 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 is, that drops to the ground, that withers. If you sense I'm not in the vine, here's my encouragement to you. Come to Jesus. Come, submit to him, trust in him. Let him connect you to God. Come to the true vine today. Jesus died on the cross to wash you clean from sins, but he needs you to come and put your trust in him. If you haven't done that, do that today. Come and chat to anybody after. Come and chat to one of the the believers here. Come and chat to one of the team. Come and chat to someone. Don't leave today. It's a dangerous place to be, not connected to the vine. Don't risk it. Come and trust his word. Come and trust in Jesus. But I've also got an encouragement. For those of us who are his disciples, here's my encouragement this morning. I want to encourage us to remain in the vine. It is a tough time uh, at the moment for so many of us in so many different ways. And you know what? Remaining in the vine can take energy. It brings joy. It brings peace. It brings love. It glorifies God. But it takes energy, doesn't it? To remain in the vine. It's not our default position. Especially when we're going through tough times. Remaining in the vine is the only way to bear fruit. It brings glory to Jesus. May we encourage, may I encourage you, may we encourage each other in every way to remain in the vine that we can bring glory to God. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for this, these words from Jesus. Father, I ask, Lord, that these words may bear fruit. Father, we recognize that apart from you, we can do nothing. But we pray that your word would really just, I pray your word would just permeate our hearts to remember, Lord, that uh, what it means to bear fruit and what it means to remain in the vine. Father, for those here this morning who have a sense of I'm not a short or I'm not in the vine, I pray for your Holy Spirit to prompt them to do what they need to do to, to remain in the, to come into the vine. But I also pray for your Holy Spirit, Lord, in us. Father, whether it's a time of pruning, whether it's a time of uh, just being detached, whether we're feeling uh, close to you in the vine, wherever we're at, I pray that you, by your Spirit you would enable us to remain in the vine. 
to bring glory to you. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.